Well, I want to start our time in prayer, and specifically I want to read Psalm 6 and uh, take a moment to pray through this, and then would love to introduce myself and Dr. Locke uh, as we get rolling here. So this is Psalm 6. You have a copy of God's Word. You're happy. Uh, feel free to open that up or, or take a look uh, online to Psalm 6. I'll be reading from the, the NIV uh, here. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am faint. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in anguish. How long, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. No one remembers you when he is dead. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from groaning. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Away from me, all you who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be ashamed and dismayed. They will turn back in sudden disgrace. Let me pray for our time. Holy God, we thank you that you have not rebuked us in your anger, that you have not disciplined us in your wrath, that you have truly been merciful to us because you have given us your Son, Jesus Christ, who has taken your wrath and anger for our sake, whose soul was in anguish for us, and who endured the pain of the cross so that we would be justified, that we would be sanctified, and that we would one day be glorified with you. And Lord, I pray that you would help those who are listening today who might feel like they are worn out from groaning, who perhaps have even, as the psalmist has said, have flooded their bed, bed with tears. Um, uh, it might be in a season of anguish and turmoil. Lord, would you help us to see that you have heard our cries for mercy and that you do accept our prayers because of your great love that you've shown us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that truly all our enemies will be ashamed and dismayed because of uh, the victory that we have in Christ. That we can look to Christ, that we can lean upon Christ, and that we could love Christ through any season, any trial that we may endure. So Lord, would you help us to look to you in these next few moments and to uh, be an encouragement to those who are listening. Uh, and that we would grow in our desire for prayer, both personally, corporately, uh, and in other places in our life. We pray this, of course, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, friends, my name is Dr. Coleman Ford. I have the privilege of teaching here at Southwestern uh, for a number of years, teaching the areas of spiritual formation and humanities, uh, lots of different topics as well. And I'm joined by my good friend, Dr. Brady Locke, uh, who's a local pastor. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Dr. Brady Locke. I'm a pastor at Oak Grove Baptist Church in Burleson, Texas, just south of Fort Worth here. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Ford was my um, supervisor, my doctoral supervisor here at Southwestern, graduated with my MDiv in 08, <clears throat> and then my doctorate in 22. So you glad survived. to be here. You survived. I survived. Yeah. I survived. Twice over. Twice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's <clears throat> yeah, and uh, as, as Brady was talking about doing a doctorate, we had a chance to talk about lots of different topics of mm -hmm. spiritual formation, uh, discipleship, uh, which brings this topic to uh, discussion today. So the idea of prayer and how to grow in our prayer life uh, and sort of the title of how to pray like God hears. I, I think we all assume that God hears us, right? I think we understand yeah. that as Christians. Uh, sometimes we don't maybe 
sense that, if we can say it that way, or maybe we don't always see the fruit of that, perhaps, at least not right away. But what we want to encourage you all with is to think about the idea as we enter into prayer, there's lots of different ways to do that. So uh, personal prayer, corporate prayer, prayer based on your vocation, so pastoral ministry and leadership, uh, or maybe the Lord has you in a different space within uh, ministry and life. But, uh, and then maybe even talk about what we do, kind of as the psalmist was saying, what do we do when we don't feel like the Lord is hearing us or when we feel like everything around us is kind of contrary to the Lord working. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to dive into those topics with you, Brady. And um, before we do, I just want to kind of present to you what we were doing just a second ago. Uh, this is something that we get to do in my classes, uh, and I know some other professors who do that as well, is the idea of praying the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, is literally praying back the words of God to Him. And uh, as Baptists, we don't walk around with a prayer book, uh, but in essence, we actually do. <laughs> we walk around with the, the primary prayer book, uh, which is the scriptures, and I would say even more primary is, is the Psalms. Mm-hmm. So when you think about prayer, one thing that I, I would love for y'all listening to walk away with is the idea of praying through the Psalms on a regular basis. Now, uh, we might get into it a little bit here, Brady, but it's most likely the case that in church service, hymns, other places, we, we have the Psalm language around us. And maybe mm-hmm. uh, in, in some of our uh, prayer life, we're doing it at some level. But uh, maybe even as you heard just a moment ago, like, taking time to read through the psalm, and then use that to inform your language of prayer. So it doesn't mean that you have to say the words exactly back, uh, but it can sort of highlight some things that come to mind, right? So, uh, so not to you know, put you on the spot, Brady, but as we read through Psalm 6, uh, is there anything that you, as you were reading through that and thinking through that, anything in particular that came to mind in your own life that you, that you could pray for, that is stirring your heart to consider in prayer, um, whether that's a personal thing or maybe someone you know, what, would, what brings to mind prayer in this psalm to you? <clears throat> I think right off the bat, as, as we look at, at Psalm chapter 6, the whole time you're reading Psalm chapter, chapter 6, I'm thinking of Psalm 25, right? Mm. Teach me, O Lord. Yeah. Right? And, and, and praying that on a regular basis. But I, I think as far as, um, as, as Psalm 6 goes, you know, really, um, I resonate with, with verse 2, really, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I'm languishing. Heal mm-hmm. me, O Lord, for my mo- bones are troubled. You know, we joked earlier in pastoral ministry, you know, um, pastors quit on Monday, mm-hmm. right? And I think Monday, this is a, a fitting prayer sometimes on Mondays, be mm-hmm. gracious to me, O Lord, mm-hmm. um, right? For I am languishing. I think there's there's times in ministry where we just get so tired yeah. and we get worn out. Yeah. And, and to sit down with, with something like this and sit down with, with Psalm chapter 6, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Mm-hmm. We need His strength. We need who He is. Mm-hmm. And coming to him in prayer is an opportunity to you know to engage with the Trinity, yeah. and there's there's just so much um, ref, refreshing, mm-hmm. something refreshing in that. Yeah. Um, instead of just sitting down and beginning to pray, but mm-hmm. to, to sit down with the Scripture yeah. and and the Word of God, and let that be what refreshes us. Yeah, you know? I love that, and I yeah, kind of like how you were talking about communing with. The Trinity. I think that's something that we don't think about a lot, mm-hmm. especially when we read through some of these passages. I mean, I, I mean, I assume a lot of folks who are listening they they see these and think prayer or, or hymn, you know, kind of a prayer like 
uh, uh, wording, perhaps, but um, I wonder how many of us think about, I know I don't always think about this, the idea that I'm, when I read this, I am communing with the triune God, right? Um, yeah. And it makes me think of Augustine, as you should. Um, <laughs> that, um, when, when he reads through the Psalms, and this is a very sort of uh, famous part of Augustine's thought, is, is he sees them as the words of Christ. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not making any weird hermeneutical sort of uh, argument here. He's just saying these, these are the words that Christ himself prayed. Uh, we know that, of course, from just reading the Gospels. But also the idea that the scriptures themselves, the God-breathed scriptures, all of it is profitable, right? As Paul mm-hmm. tells Timothy, all of it for correction, rebuke, uh, and, and of course, encouragement, and exhortation. And, uh, and Augustine goes on to say, hey, look, if you are in the body of Christ, which presumably you are, by faith, you're a member of the body of Christ, Christ is your head, then there's something spiritual, some almost mysterious about you praying these prayers that were... I mean, as if it's happening to you now, right? I mean, he's not, he's not necessarily saying that uh, in a real sense, but in a, just in, in, a, in a more therapeutic, if I can use it that word, that way. Like, yes, I am languishing. Yes, there's, you know. There's healing in it, yeah. right? There's this to your soul when, when your soul is, is as, as David so often was, he was, he was worn out. He was worn down, mm-hmm. both mentally, physically, but then as he cried out to God, there was just this healing. There was mm-hmm. this therapeutic mm-hmm. um, refreshness that came to him that really, yeah. um, and, and as, we, as we sit and do that as well, just in our own personal time, mm-hmm. and that heals us, yeah. that allows us then to minister better to those that we minister to. I hope so. Right? Because yeah. oftentimes we so. we sometimes minister mm-hmm. out of the leftover mm-hmm. rather than ministering out of the overflow. Mm-hmm. And when we're when we're communing with God in the scripture, but also using that scripture as prayer, yeah. then there's something that comes it works inside of us. It's God's word, right? Becoming living and active inside of us. Yeah. So then now I've I have the opportunity to take what he's healed in me, mm-hmm. as Henry Nowen would say, is a wounded healer, mm-hmm. is that we then can pass that on to somebody else and it's coming out of the overflow of what he's already doing. Yeah, and I love that, uh, the idea of seeking to minister out of the overflow rather than the leftover. Um, I mean, I'm sure that defines a lot of folks who are watching this, mm-hmm. just this idea of, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just barely giving what I can oh, at this absolutely. moment. And those things, those times happen, no doubt, right? Like we're, mm-hmm. we're stretched thin, maxed out. Um, but back, back to the idea of being refreshed by the scriptures. Um, you know, there's an idea that uh, one of my mentors, Donald Whitney, you know, would, would tell us about. It's like, you know, a lot of times we're tired of praying the same old things about the same old things. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and a lot of times that's how this feels like when we're, someone's called us up or they show up, show up at the office or, or, or whatever mm-hmm. the case is, or, or we come at home and it's just, we can barely hold on. Um, we feel like we're just praying the same old things about the same old things, which um, it can just dry us out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why going back to the scriptures uh, and allowing the spirit to refresh us as we're reading the authoritative inspired scriptures, um, in my opinion, is, is the best way to pursue prayer. It's the best way to, to move forward in a fruitful prayer life. And uh, so, yeah, that's, to me, I would say, like, if someone's going to walk away with anything from today, I would say, pray with an open Bible. 
um, as best you can. Always have an open Bible in front of you. The Psalms, of course, being a very, uh, you know, uh, easy to connect to prayer, but other places as well, right, as you're reading through Scripture. If you have a Bible reading plan, reading through that and stopping to pray, that's maybe in part of just meditating upon the Scriptures. Like you see a phrase, you see a, a word, and that just causes you to stop and pray. Um, what about you, Brady? I mean, as you think about just personal prayer, any other things that you feel like, practically speaking, is a helpful strategy for growing in that? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that I've, um, I've, I've begun, you know, I told you that our, our, our life and our life has shifted with our, our youngest going to school and, mm-hmm. and, and now all of our kids are in school. And so I get to the office a lot earlier than I, I did before. And, mm-hmm. and, and now I've taken that time and shifted for, for me and personally is that um, I take that hour, mm-hmm. there's an hour before anybody gets into our office mm-hmm. um, where I just sit. And, and I think, too, sometimes we are very quick in our prayer to sit and begin to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of just stopping and being still for a moment yeah, and letting the Lord just some, you know, we're, we're busy people. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we're not busy, we have a phone that's connected to our hand at all times. Right. <laughs> and we're checking yeah. something or we got to do this or we've, we've got to get on our computer and do an email. And I think I think sometimes we, we have to set those things aside mm-hmm. and and just be still before the Lord. Uh, before we speak, before we say anything, just let our mind and our heart sit before the Lord. Yeah. I think that's a that's a huge part of the discipline of prayer mm-hmm. is just sitting before the Lord before you speak, and just let Him, just let Him sit on your heart. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think a lot of times I I feel this way, and I think a lot of times when I talk and teach uh, others, they feel this way is that sometimes just sitting there feels uh, well. Awkward. It, it feels awkward, right? We gotta <laughs> yeah, say it that way. Yeah. Like it's just awkward, yeah. but also it feels like you're not doing anything. And there's mm-hmm. like, there's there's a wrestle there. Like there's it's an anxiety tension. there. There's a tension there, mm-hmm. and that's I think a good tension to have. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, right, we're so busy doing uh, that we forget about the being part of a disciple. Uh, mm-hmm. The being informs the doing, but also uh, we need to actually have time where we just sit and reflect. And as you mentioned, right, that's um, where, where the Lord can work on us. And it's also scary because mm-hmm. that's when the things of our soul just start to amplify and get really loud. Uh, and that's where we want to check our phone or turn on <laughs> a, uh, some kind of music. Uh, but the best practice, I think, for any of us, and I would say especially ministry leaders, is to have more times of silence and solitude. Um, that seems contrary to pastoral work in ministry, but maybe you can attest to this. I think you could just how much more enriching that is Mm -hmm. to the other things of pastoral ministry that we end up presuming are all you should do rather than thinking, no, the pastor, the ministry leader needs to have time of silence and solitude, Mm -hmm. needs to actually sit before the Lord. Uh, And I would make the case that your pastoral ministry or or someone else's uh, ministry would be more effective if Absolutely. there was more time, even just blocking out on a calendar, mm-hmm. an hour of silence and solitude before yeah. the Lord. So are you talking about coming in the morning? I mean, anything else you do as far as getting ready yeah, for I the think, day pastorally? I think I think um, spending that time in, in, in silence, but then 
Um, and then and I'll, t- and I'll just praying the scriptures like an, an open Bible. You know, I, I, I oftentimes turn to um, Paul's letters um, just because there's so many rich just prayers yeah. in there mm-hmm. uh, for us. I, Ephesians, you know, chapter three, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And, mm. and, and the reality mm. is you can take that prayer and insert it any, anyone. You can mm. insert your whole church there, right? Mm. You yeah. can insert um, your kid's name there. Right? I want my kid to be, this is what I want for my child. This is mm-hmm. what I want for my wife, you know, right? And we have that opportunity to, to take and, and we think sometimes like we say the same things over and over, but also we think we have to kind of reinvent prayer sometimes oh, and we sure. got to come up with new things. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, why when there's so much goodness and richness here yeah. of communicating to mm-hmm. the Father on behalf of others, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, I try to spend quite a bit of time um, because I know that for me, right, the selfish side of me mm-hmm, <laughs> wants mm-hmm. to pray for what I need sure. and for what my kids need or whatever, yeah. where if I will, I've, if I will, I will take some of these prayers and pray for others, mm. my heart and my mm. perspective walks away from that prayer time going, man, that was rich. That yeah. was good because, like right, it's, it's, it's individually it's refreshing to my soul, mm-hmm. but also corporately, it's really healthy. Yeah. Right? And so as we move from the personal to the corporate, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on how we do that corporately, how we pray corporately? Because I think sometimes within our churches, we, we, we pray at the beginning of the service. We might pray at the middle, and then, and then we're gonna, we might pray to dismiss. Mm-hmm. But, but how, do we, how do we then move and work prayer into the corporate setting that, that feels rich and feels, feels um, edifying to yeah. the church? That's a great question, Brady. I, well, it's so funny. Like, we think of prayer as sort of like the time where the band can get off the stage, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like okay, yeah. finally you can go off and no one's watching. That's right. uh, it's so funny. I'm just kidding. But all that being said <laughs> is... Eyes are closed, that's so that, right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, where'd, no. where'd they go? Uh, <laughs> It's but a magic this, trick. Yeah. Uh, that's what the smoke machine's for. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I'm joking. The idea of corporate prayer, though, I think, uh, as you mentioned, right, it, it can seem functional, uh, meaning, okay, mm-hmm. you've, you're, you're slotting it into a planning center document, you know, prayer mm-hmm. here, prayer here, prayer. Um, and it's not like you shouldn't do that at some level, but um, as, uh, as a pastor, ministry leader, maybe a worship pastor even, is thinking about these things, uh, well, first off, they need to be considering who are the who are the people who are coming to worship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and a pastor presumably knows the different things that are happening in the lives of their people. Not maybe all details, but as best they can through the shepherding ministry of, of their pastorate, they know. Okay, uh, they just lost a child in mm-hmm. pregnancy. Um, you know, they they're dealing with a wayward son. Uh, they're over here with some marital disputes or something like this. And not that you pray for those people by name like that, like, Lord, please help these people to stop yeah. fighting. You know, we know that, you know, like, that's not pastorally <laughs> sensitive at all. But as you pray, like, you recognize maybe in a, what's traditionally called the pastoral prayer, mm-hmm. you pray for the needs of people, uh, for healing, for uh, 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 the, the work of the Spirit in the lives of certain people. Um, but then you also, I think, we have to recover a time of confession. 
in, mm. in a corporate prayer setting. I mean, I think we just have to. Uh, some churches do it, um, and, and it tends to be a more sort of higher church liturgical uh, element. But um, it, it is a time that the church can gather corporately, uh, and whether it's led by uh, a specific prayer where mm-hmm. the, the pastor or the leader is praying through something, or whether it's sort of an open time to say, we're going to have a time of confession, prayer. Uh, maybe you might have someone down front that comes to pray. You think about passages in, in James where you're invited to come pray with the elders or uh, similar passages. But either way, that's a, that's a to me, in, in my own church life, like that has been a very, uh, it's, it happens every week. So yeah, we expect it. Uh, but I am met with different challenges every week, different struggles I have, different sins I've committed. Uh, and though we know the Lord, of course, forgives, uh, and the grace of God uh, in Christ is it meets us in those things, there is something that happens when a church collectively confesses mm-hmm. and maybe even has a time where they are led by a pastor. Hey, we, we've done a poor job at doing this, whatever it is. We should pray together. You know, mm-hmm. We've done a poor job of welcoming our neighbor in this church. Um, you know, I don't know how that would be received, but maybe you, things like that where it would be a time of corporate confession. But then also to remember that uh, the Scriptures itself give us prayers to pray, right? So mm-hmm. the Lord's Prayer is that yeah. one uh, which you can just pray together as a body of Absolutely. believers, uh, or it can be a paradigm that shapes prayer corporately. So as we pray our Father, take a moment to recognize it. Uh, that God is your Father through the work of Jesus Christ, that you now have a Father in heaven because of what His Son has done for you, uh, who is in heaven, right? Where uh, all righteousness dwells, where, his, where, uh, where we pray one day heaven will come down to earth, right? In, in, in the new heavens and new earth. So it's an idea of almost prayerfully unpacking the Christian faith and our theology uh, and giving people a chance to enter into what the Lord said, when you pray, pray this way, right? Mm. So I don't think Jesus was just casually mentioning that, you know. Uh, my Lord is not fickle. He does, <laughs> he does things purposely and yeah. in, 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 uh, knowing what he's doing. Uh, so, yeah, there's ways like that. I, you know, I think um, a, a, as Baptists, right, we, we don't want to say, here's your prescribed liturgical form that, the SBC mm-hmm. president has given you, like, we don't do that, right? Yeah. Like, there's no council of liturgy or something like that. Um, but there doesn't have to be, right? There just has mm-hmm. to be an, a desire to fulfill what the scriptures are calling us to. The one another's of the New Testament presume that we're confessing our sins to one another, praying for one another, um, you know, practicing things with one another that are prayerful, that are exhortation, that are building up. And I don't know about you, like, yeah, we, we do that well uh, most of the time through song and, and worship and sermon. Uh, probably the place where we miss it most in, in our settings is, is more intentional prayer. Yeah. What about you, man? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, J.D. Greer said, I heard last week he said this. He said, he said we, we kind of have messed some things up in the church where we look at we look at um, you know the 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 ten days the disciples were in the upper room, they were they were they were faithful to one thing mm-hmm. and that was prayer. Mm-hmm. They were faithful to that one thing in prayer, mm-hmm. and then when 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 the Holy Spirit came, you know, Peter 
got up and preached and thousands were saved, yeah. right? Yeah. And we flip-flopped it where, mm. where we, we pray for a few minutes mm-hmm. and then we preach for an extended amount of time and two right. people get saved and then we go, well, what happened? Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, sure. and, and I, I think for, for us and it's just for us is it trying to figure out that in an, an established Baptist church, how do we incorporate that, mm-hmm. that, that time of confessional prayer, that time mm-hmm. of, of really corporate prayer? And, and we, we're, there, there are moments on Sundays where we'll just break off and we'll say, hey, we're just going to grab somebody else, gra- grab two or three people, and we're just going to pray right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because it's, it's awkward for Baptists mm-hmm. because we're like, oh, I got to do something with somebody yeah, in right. the service? Like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. is that? Yeah. You know? I sat here so I didn't have to do but that. But then right? afterwards, yeah. people walk away and go, man, that was good, totally. right? Um, I, you know, I've even, I have a, we have a, I have a, a 93-year-old man every Sunday morning before the service starts, he comes mm. and he grabs me. Mm. And now he started grabbing two or three other people mm. to come with him. Mm-hmm. And they just pray over over me for the service. That's awesome. Um, And and that, that right there, even in a corporate, like we're praying prior to the corporate gathering, but I've seen such a significant change in just my, my, my calmness going Mm. into the pulpit, Mm. but how people receive. Mm -hmm. And it's not anything to do with me as much as it has to do with the fact that we're praying for that. Yeah. Right together, yeah. we're praying for that, and then now he's got two or three people praying during the service mm-hmm. for what's happening, mm-hmm. right? And 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 incorporating even all of those little small elements um, is is really huge when it comes to because we're going before the Father, yeah, as we present His Word, yeah, right, that we would do it faithfully, but that people would hear it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I think about, you know, we, we kind of make fun of Paul and Thessalonians when he talks about pray without ceasing. Like, oh, okay, well, I can't really <laughs> breathe or eat, I guess. Well, like, he's writing to the church, right? Like, he's yeah. writing to a body of believers Absolutely. where that is literally possible, right? Like, to pray without <laughs> yeah. ceasing when you have all these people. Absolutely. Uh, and it sounds like that's kind of what's happening yeah. in your church service, yeah. where uh, from start to finish, someone's praying, mm-hmm. someone's behind the scenes praying, someone's... Mm-hmm. Uh, around the service, praying at some mm-hmm. level. I love that. That's so yep. beautiful. And I was thinking about even just practical things that even people who are watching can consider if they, if they haven't done it, um, is to have those uh, people or couples maybe that are uh, mm-hmm. really good at prayer, like just really uh, understanding the needs of people to be available through the service, yep. to be available after the service, to make that known as a ministry to people. Yeah. Uh, and it's not even just sort of decision prayer, like coming down front. I mean, that's a, that can be a Absolutely. major part of it. But just this sense of, I don't know where else to go. Like, mm-hmm. who, who can I pray with or who can I talk with? Yeah. Uh, so it's having that ministry of prayer really does allow us as a church to fulfill what Paul, through the Spirit, is calling us to do, to pray without ceasing. One of the things we do, too, really at the end, just a practical way, is that um, we tell people often, like, it is an honor for us to pray with you. Mm-hmm. It is an honor. And just having that language, right, to tell people that are there, it is an honor to get to pray with you, yeah. is, is really big. Mm-hmm. Um, because so many times people 
because prayer is kind of like, well, if I go up there, then I'm admitting that I've got something wrong <laughs> or that something, well, guess what? We all do, yeah. right? It's an honor to get to go before, and this is kind of how we word it, is that it's an honor to get to go before God yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. That, that's part of us being together. It's yeah. part of community. Yeah. It's part of the corporate setting is that, man, what a privilege it is for me mm-hmm. to get to go to the Father for you. Yeah. That's right. You know? Yeah, and I think about even, you know, sort, sort of highlighting some Baptist distinctives we have. Mm-hmm. So when we think about priesthood of all believers and as uh, we sort of uh, seek to live that out, uh, that's a major component, I think, of, mm-hmm. of sort of understanding that distinctive of who we are as Baptists is saying, yeah, there, there is maybe uh, times to go and pray with the, the, the shepherd leaders of the church, mm-hmm. uh, the pastors and elders, uh, for various reasons and... Uh, and that's good and valid, but that doesn't somehow uh, sanctify that prayer more, Absolutely. right? There's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to read that prayer now, yeah, God says. Yeah. Like, not this one over here, that little old lady prayed. <laughs> like, oh, Pastor Brady prayed it. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. uh, but just to empower our people mm-hmm. to say, hey, this this is the ministry that He has given the church to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, some people are going to have maybe the gift of prayer in some ways or the gift of discernment through prayer or something like that, but that doesn't mean that uh, prayer is just for the pastor. Or prayer is just for this yep. this couple who seem to really have it all together. Uh, prayer is a ministry for all of us. Yeah. Uh, and if we think about what the priests in the Old Testament were doing, what Jesus is doing even now, right? The mm-hmm. Spirit Himself, right? Praying on our behalf. Jesus is interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. Mm-hmm. So when we pray, we are, I mean, we are doing the things that Christ Himself is doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and we're fulfilling that, modeling that, imitating that, whatever you want to say. Obviously, he's uh, doing it to a greater degree, but uh, we're able to walk alongside that and be a part of that. And what makes me think, of course, uh, as you mentioned, people who don't have it all together and think, yeah, oh, I yeah. can't pray or I can't go down and get prayer. Yeah, what do we do with people? Uh, that's not the best way to say it. What do we, what do, we do for people? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what do we do with those people? Uh, yeah. What do we do for people? Uh, and how can we encourage people when, A, when they feel that way, you kind of mentioned that, but also when it seems like uh, defeat is just, it's every day, failure every day. Mm-hmm. Um, praying doesn't seem to make a difference. Uh, let me just give you a litany of examples of why God's not listening, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I know you've had these conversations, but yeah, what do, we, what do we encourage people with when they come into our office or come into church with that uh, reality that it just seems as if God's not listening? Yeah, and I think, I, I think you know, we... It goes back to exactly what we started with, right? Mm-hmm. Is that when you have those questions in ministry, when you have those questions where it's like, God doesn't hear me, mm-hmm. or um, I've been praying this for so long and this person hasn't changed, mm-hmm. right? Because that's 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 probably the most common. I've been mm-hmm. praying for this person, the, the wayward son or the, the, the alcoholic husband or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've been praying for him for so long and nothing has changed. What do I do? Right. Right. And, and, and that's where you have the opportunity then to just the way we started is go to David. Mm-hmm. Like how many times did David cry out and go, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. How many times did David cry out and go, why have you forsaken me? Right. Right. Yeah. He has the same yeah. he has the same cry in the same spirit behind that cry as you do, mm-hmm. right? So go to the Psalms, mm-hmm. right? Open up God's Word. Go to those Psalms, and when you don't know what to pray, and when you 
when you find it so difficult for the words to come, open up the book of Psalms, yeah, right? Yeah. And begin just to read, but make that your prayer. Yeah. Because then what's happening is, one, right, it's, it's beginning to, to encourage your own heart. But when you don't know what to say, he's already given it to you. Yeah. Right. These yeah. are the cries of someone who's who's been in a situation where doesn't feel um, like God is anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably the 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 key. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, what we started with is go back to God's word. Yeah, that's right. So, I, 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 to that same point, Brady, I, I always like to encourage people to, to remember that God can handle our emotions. Right? Absolutely. He created them. Uh, obviously, they are subject to uh, our fallen human nature, but uh, he can handle those. He can handle our doubts clearly, as the Psalms d- uh, demonstrate. He can handle our anger. He can handle even the, the things where we barely feel like we believe in the God we're praying to. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Psalms give us permission to do that. God gives us permission yeah. to do that. Uh, God doesn't want us to stay there. Right? He wants us to grow, and by his grace, that will happen through the ministry of brothers and sisters around us, of course. Um, but I think that's, that's exactly right, is, is to open up the Bible, uh, read the prayers uh, of God's people from, from long ago, uh, and then, um, you know, one thing that I always tell people, if they don't know what to pray for, you can always pray for more faith. You can always ask God to increase your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that we all need. <laughs> We're all in need of more faith. Absolutely. We're all in need of more trust. Uh, maybe pray through Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, help me. Uh, grow in self-control, patience, mm-hmm. kindness, goodness. Um, again, all of those things are, are ways in which we know we need to increase in. And by God's grace and help, they will hopefully inform some of those situations where we feel hopeless. Uh, and then you know, back to the ministry of the church, just having people think through going to someone else and, and mm-hmm. having them perhaps intercede for them. Yep. Like knowing that so-and-so is praying for me, knowing that so-and-so's uh, around me, Checking mm-hmm. in on me uh, when I feel less inclined to pray, I know yeah. that they're doing for it. So, yeah, I would love to um, think about any questions that might be coming from folks on Zoom. Uh, happy to answer those. Uh, if not, we can talk about prayer the rest of the day and just hang out. We love that. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. Any questions from folks who are joining us today? As we think through. Also praying the scriptures, which is our primary mm-hmm. hope and desire for y'all. Uh, there's, there's resources that we have, uh, I know that I have, I don't know if Brady has, but one resource that I go to a lot is, is a little prayer book called The Valley of Vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got different prayers uh, that have been edited together, uh, sort of from centuries past, mainly from sort of Puritans and Reformers uh, uh, and, and other individuals uh, anonymously, uh, great Great opportunity, and there's topics in there that you can say, "Yeah, I really feel like I want to pray about this or, or think through this." There's a prayer there. Uh, I go, I use this a lot uh, in ministry. Uh, it's called the Pastor's Book uh, by Kent Hughes. Uh, lots of different prayers in here, specifically for those who might be, yeah, structuring worship, thinking through mm-hmm. different pastoral uh, ministry settings, things like that. Uh, we do have a question That's, which is yeah. related to that. Well, you're answering Yeah, I'm so. answering right now. So there you go. <laughs> Favorite books on prayer. Uh, one more I'll, I'll mention, yeah. and then, Brady, if you have more. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty new, but it's called Piercing Heaven. It's a prayer journal, mm-hmm. uh, Prayers of the Puritans. Uh, so if you look through here, uh, it's got different 
prayers that are mentioned there, and then it's got a, a section to journal and write in, so you can kind of pray alongside that and, uh, and, and have your own written prayers. But yeah, Brady, what, what would you recommend? What books? Yeah, so I've um, there's a there's a great book out there written by a former Southwestern worship professor called The Mind of Christ mm. by T. W. Hunt, mm-hmm, mm. um, and that was one of those books in my life that really um, kind of was pivotal, yeah. right, in, yeah. in teaching me um, on what it meant to pray the scriptures, what it meant to to pray as Christ prayed, mm-hmm. and and really walking through um, and understanding and grasping. Um, the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. um, and so um, T. W. Hunt um, mm-hmm. wrote that book called the The Mind of Christ, and mm-hmm. so um, T. W. Hunt was, you know, he was he got up at like three a.m. and spent like two hours in prayer every morning before wow. he ever came to the seminary. And, wow, um, just the impact that he's had just on so many. But um, cool. that um, also, you know, a, a short guide to spiritual disciplines by Mason King mm-hmm. is a great little book. It just came out. Um, mm-hmm. It's fantastic, but it's. It's talking about all these different disciplines, but prayer's in there, and it it just allows us to anytime we can grab anything like that that helps us. Mm-hmm. Because you know, Baptist, we've not done great at emphasizing spiritual disciplines, right? Mm-hmm. We're not fantastic at it. We've had these mm-hmm. conversations and um, anything like that, and so that's mm-hmm. a great little book um, yeah. that that you can do. I love uh, Timothy Keller's book on prayer. Oh yeah, um, yeah. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, just really kind of even he he talks about um, reaching um, back about how many times we kind of we want to free pray. Mm-hmm. We just want to pray. We just want to make it up mm-hmm. when we have we have thousands of years of church history, much like these the, what you've recommended of mm-hmm. of prayers that have been written for us. Yeah. That there's just so much good, rich theology that reminds our own hearts yeah. of who He is yeah. and communing with Him. And yeah. so, um, I think those are some things that some some books that I routinely go to. Oh, that's good. Uh, on a regular basis. I have to check out the Hunt one. That so good. I don't I don't think uh, we may have a no, any favorite books still still same question. So while we're waiting on questions, let me ask you this: um, <clears throat> talk a little bit about rule of life. And how that yeah. helps shape um, our prayer life, how mm-hmm. that can help really um, structure, mm-hmm. uh, if you will. So yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so briefly, uh, if, for those who are listening don't know what rule of life is, rhythm of life is another idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's simply, it's taking the idea, as I tell my students, planned spirituality is the best spirituality. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we have moments of spontaneity. Obviously, we have things where we just, the Lord lays on our heart, we have to do. Yeah. But... I would argue all of that is built upon and premised upon uh, and strengthened rather by a, a, a planned out spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So um, you, when, you, when, you, when you think of a rule of life, it doesn't have to be anything complex. It can just be something that you've written down in a journal to say, uh, I'm going to be praying at these times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe this season that looks like these people or this ministry or this country, uh, if you're thinking missionally, um, and then you think through just some of the disciplines that you want to cultivate. I mean, we should be cultivating all of them, uh, but also thinking about fasting, which is a, a prayerful activity, reading Scripture, which I would argue, as we've talked about, is emphasizing prayer, and um, in structuring your life around spiritual activity that would then inform other things. Because a lot of times what we do is we just forget to do these things, or we mm-hmm. kind of try to hurry it up and sort of get it in at the either beginning of the day or the end of the day, 
I'll tell you what, I, if I'm up at 3 a.m., it's not to pray. <laughs> it's to try to put a kid back to bed or someone's right. sick. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I need to plan out my life uh, spiritually. What, what days do I want to fast on and for yeah. what reasons? What days do uh, or how, what's my Bible reading plan going to look like in mm-hmm. this season? So on and so forth. And so it is, it's just a conscious effort, which can be, which is malleable. It can change depending yeah. on the season to say, this is my spiritual life unto the Lord. Right, mm-hmm. it's it's dedicating and it's using the tools that the Lord has given us, and integrating those into my life in, in a more structured sort mm-hmm. of way. Uh, so yeah, rule of life is is a is a big piece of the spiritual life that I advocate for. Um, Aaron says this. He's surrounded by those who put a lot of emphasis on praying in faith, praying with authority, and even the neo Pentecostal idea of combat prayer. I think that's how you would say it. Uh, what can you recommend for me to help counsel these people? Um, well, here's the deal, right? We every Christian uh, is is called to pray, uh, but we're called to pray in two different ways. One, we're we're praying on based on not our authority, but the authority of of Christ, yeah. right? That that Christ is the one who's already interceding. Christ is the one who has um, uh, allowed us, who's welcomed us into God's family, who's transferred us into. The kingdom, uh, as Colossians Paul would say, and uh, and so yeah, so on whose authority are we praying? We're we're praying with the authority of Christ. Mm-hmm. Now we need to obviously remember that um, it is uh, that doesn't therefore mean everything that we want will come to us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not you know thinking about maybe uh, though Aaron doesn't say this, but sort of the name and claim it. Uh, yeah. Mentality, mm-hmm. um, you know, just speaking it into existence, right, will somehow <laughs> make it happen. You know, sort of the the Kenneth Copeland sort of mentality in prayer, and some other people that that teach those things. Um, well, that that theory is automatically debunked when you read the life of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Who prayed, Lord, if if, there, if it be your will, take this away. Yeah, um, and. He wasn't saying that because he didn't know, or he was trying to weasel his way out of the the, the crucifixion. He was praying that to show forth the reality of his humanity, uh, that there is still struggle with God's will, mm-hmm. that there's still struggle with what happens in our life, even, even if we are called to trust, even if we know the Father's mm-hmm. will is perfect and good, uh, doesn't mean we just automatically think it's going to be great all the time. So you know, I'm not sure if that's the idea of praying with uh, authority uh, or praying in faith, uh, but just recognize that the Lord is still sovereign, even if what we say in prayer doesn't happen. Correct. Uh, even if what we think should happen in prayer, or 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 thinking about uh, us having some sort of extra sort of, uh, if I can say it this way, like super saiyan power of prayer, like mm-hmm. level ten thousand, I'm going to go all in. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. sometimes our prayers are just mustard seed. Like I'm just hanging on. You know? Yeah, and I mean, I think you know it's a great question, Aaron. Is that how do you handle? How do you counsel those people? I, we have we have two different people in our church right now. One is a is a is a young, um, thirty eight year old mom, hmm. um, and she got diagnosed with stage four cancer, mm-hmm. and um, as of and that was like six months ago, mm-hmm. and as of um, this past week, she is completely cancer free. Yeah. Right. The Lord answered that in an incredible way, mm. right? We've got a lady who is now on her fifth round of cancer. Yeah. And, and this one does not look promising. It's super aggressive. Here's the deal. God's still sovereign in both of those situations. That's right. When, yeah. when cancer's gone, He's sovereign. Mm-hmm. When cancer's not gone and, and it doesn't look good, He's still sovereign. Yeah. And it, 
And, and so much of our prayer life changes our nature and our perspective, not what God's going to do. That's right. That's good. And, and so I think that that's where you combat that. And mm-hmm. the council is like, prayer is not necessarily meant to change the mind of God. Yeah. Right. It is meant to put us in perspective that he's in control mm-hmm. regardless of the circumstance. Right. And I think what you're uh, explaining there is just a good biblical theology of suffering. Right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That God's people are a suffering people, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean God has uh, you know, removed his, his presence from us. And in Correct. fact, you through Job yeah. and, and just the experience of even David, as we talked about, like um, suffering still happens. And a lot of times it's suffering that it's self-inflicted, right? Suffering due mm-hmm. to our sin, or maybe the sin of someone else, or just mm-hmm. the sin of living in a fallen world. But that is actually why we pray, is to mm-hmm. is to understand those things uh, and, and sort of uh, have the Lord bring comfort and peace in the midst of that. And in, in a similar story, I was thinking of someone that shared with me, again, one of these kind of healing moments where he's like, this is where I, I this is the only time I can think where the Lord actually healed someone based on the prayers that we were praying. And, mm-hmm. and of course, we know it happens all the time, but for this person individually, he was just saying, this is, this is the first time I've seen it. Yeah. And it was for a, a, a woman who had cancer in their church, and you know they prayed. It was elders who had gathered to pray. She was healed from her cancer, and, they, and he's like, okay, on fire for the Lord, right? Assuming that that's just going to change her life. She ends up divorcing her husband and kind of walking away from the church because she's like, oh, I got a new lease on life. Like, wow, good, yeah. I can go do my thing. Yeah. And you're like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like, you would think, that's impossible. But his whole point is to say, it, it really does require a, a certain perspective as mm-hmm. to whether he heals you or not. You know, uh, you know uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Absolutely. Right? You yeah. know, uh, again, with Job, uh, this idea of curse God and die, uh, you know, I'm not going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, the Lord does prevail and, and restore, but uh, it is through a long season of suffering and trial. So, uh, yeah, I, Aaron, I think that's a great question, and, and hopefully that helps you um, as you work with those people that you know. Uh, yeah, any other questions as y'all think about this? Or uh, if there's more coming in, there's a couple more books that I recommended since that question yeah. came up twice. Uh, I think I mentioned it, but maybe not the title, but Don Whitney's Praying the Bible is a very mm-hmm. easy-to-read, small-group Field type Bible or type book helps you do sort of the things that we're talking about here, and then I think one of those sort of essential readings of prayer. It's, it's a modern author, uh, is by Paul Miller, a Praying Life. Uh, his ministry I think is called See Jesus, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and if you're looking for an opportunity for your church to grow in prayer, uh, sort of cultivate a culture of prayer, you can bring in their ministry and and they'll walk you through practical things to help with praying uh, as, a, as a congregation. So See Jesus is what it's called, but uh, Praying Life by Paul Miller. So There's a, there's another great little book called With Christ in the School of Prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, the author is... Yeah, Scar- um, uh, No. Yes. I, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yep, I got it. <laughs> we'll have all of these. Um, by the way, we'll send out all yes, of these books. And, that's right. We'll, uh, we'll authors and all of those, mm-hmm. but it's called With Christ in the School of Prayer. Yep. And, um, great little book. Mm-hmm. Uh, really... Um, honing in on on how we pray as mm-hmm. Christ prays. So, yeah. another great little book. That's good. So. That's good. Well, uh, yeah. If there's no questions, I'd, I'd love to just close us out. Uh, really, the same way that we started uh, is, is to think about uh, it, one thing that I didn't necessarily advocate for, but the um, 
that book by, by Donald Whitney that I mentioned does, is when you think about the Psalms, uh, as you pray through the Psalms, is, is you also sort of systematically read through the Psalms uh, once a month, five Psalms mm-hmm. a day. There's 150, that's 30 days. You divide it out, do the math. Uh, and so every day you essentially have five Psalms that are before you. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't have to do it this way by any stretch. But uh, So I started with Psalm 6 because today's November 6th. Um, and then if you wanted to continue this method, you would go to Psalm 36. So just add 30. Um, and then, you know, again, read through the psalm uh, and, and take a moment to pray through it. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll read through it. And Brady, based on the psalm, would you close this out in prayer? And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and then we'll be done. So Psalm 36. An oracle is within my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for in his own eyes he flatters himself too much to detect or hate his sin. The words of his mouth are wicked and deceitful. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. Even on his bed he plots evil. He commits himself to a sinful course and does not reject what is wrong. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, your justice like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve both man and beast. How priceless is your unfailing love. Both high and low among men find refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. May the foot of the proud not come against me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. See how the evildoers lie fallen, throw down, not able to rise. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. Father in heaven, we come before you, God, and we are quick to admit, Father, to confess to you, Father, that um, we don't want to be people who flatter ourselves. Mm and say that we have accomplished anything. Mm -hmm. Father, that our our words so many times cease to do what is wise, Mm -hmm. cease to do and act what is good. But oftentimes, Father, we we plot and and we twist things. And and so, Father, we confess that to you. Mm -hmm. We confess that to you. and, And, Father, we want to reject what is evil, Mm-hmm. Father, because your love is steadfast mm-hmm. and, and you are righteous, Father, and we want to be with you and we want to be where you are, Father. And so, Father, we, we come before you and we just praise you because of our sinful nature, but, but God, because of your steadfast love and your kindness to us. Mm-hmm. Father, that we can run to you, that we can take refuge in you. In the shadow of your wings, Father, mm-hmm. that, that we are going to get to feast and we are going to get to drink from the river that is overflowing, the river of life that is you, Father, because you are where our delight is. You are where our joy is. Mm-hmm. And Father, we ask that you just continue to remind us every moment of every day of your steadfast love. That, that even in our wondering, Father, you are continually pulling us back with your love. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, we pray 
that you not let our feet wander any longer. Mm -hmm. But Father, that we would just rest in your love that is never ending and that is always drawing us back to you. God, thank you for this time today. Thank you for those that have, have tuned in. Father, thank you for, uh, for Dr. Ford and just his uh, willingness to see people spiritually formed and, and, and the disciplines being played out, Father. We pray that we would come before you who is our king, as Paul says, without ceasing, Father, because you are our refuge and you are our strength. Mm -hmm. We love you, and it is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you all. Thanks for joining.